Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is Primetime Politics on CPAC, the Vote 29 edition, day 22 of the uh, campaign, and all eyes will be on Quebec tonight in the first televised leaders' debate of the campaign featuring Liberal leader Justin Trudeau. But ahead of the debate, it's an encounter between the NDP leader Jagmeet Singh and a man in Montreal that has focused attention on Quebec's Bill 21. Coming up, we'll look ahead to the debate and what's at stake for the leaders. We'll also have the campaign on the ground in two key ridings in Ontario, Brampton East and King Vaughan. But first, the Day 22 primer. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Always, always. There's a big debate tonight. Too. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh worked the morning crowd at Montreal's Atwater Market, where he collected snacks for his debate preparation team. It's all part of Jagmeet Singh's continuing efforts to reach out to voters in Quebec who have cooled to the NDP and who have concerns about a leader who wears a turban. That challenge captured in this brief exchange with a man at the market, who leaned in with some advice to sing. Bonjour, monsieur. Hello, how, how are you? you? Good to see you, sir. You okay? Yes, you yeah. too. Pleasure to meet you. You know what? What's that? You should cut your turban off and you put a you look like a Canadian. Oh, I think Canadians look like all sorts of people. That's the beauty yeah, of Canada. Yeah, but, uh, that's okay. I don't agree, in, sir. In Rome, you do as the Romans. Hey, but this is Canada. You can do like whatever you like. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> I hope you Hard to hear, but the advice, you should cut your turban off. You would look like a Canadian. In Rome, you do like the Romans. In the end, the man yelled out, I hope you win. All 14 NDP seats in Quebec could be on the line in this election in the face of vigorous challenges from the Liberals and the Bloc Québécois. Singh's approach to the debate tonight. I'm excited for tonight. Uh, I, I love French. I love the language. And I'm really excited to hold the Prime Minister to account and really to show Canadians that they don't have to settle for less. You know, Mr. Trudeau is going to scare people into settling for less. I don't think they have to. In fact, I'm confident we as a, as a country can do a lot better and people deserve a lot better. And that's why we're going to put forward some real solutions to the problems people are faced with. If we want to solve some of the major problems that people are worried about here in Quebec, we can't do it unless we work together. And what the Bloc is not able to do and doesn't even want to do is work with others. We can work with the rest of Canada, bring people together and solve problems. Like the climate crisis, that's one where we need to work together across Canada. It can't just be solved in Quebec. It needs people from Quebec and from the rest of Canada working together. The Liberal leader prepared for tonight's debate by taking to the boxing ring. But odds are, facing three opponents, Justin Trudeau will take more punches at the podium tonight than he gets to throw. Then again, he will be the only leader on the debate stage who was there in the last election too. And he prepared the same way for the debate in 2015. The TVA debate is the only one Justin Trudeau has agreed to other than the two commission-sponsored debates next week. The reason? A massive audience in Quebec and a province with 78 seats. The Liberals hope to add to the 40 they held at dissolution to offset expected losses in other parts of the country. But while Trudeau has four years of experience on the job, he has a record too. 
And that's what his opponents will be raising again and again. Well, uh, I'm hoping to uh, to show Canadians uh, that Justin Trudeau uh, does not deserve to be re-elected. And I'm just looking forward to the fact that he's actually showing up. So that's a, a big step for him. Uh, and, uh, and I am confident that Canadians will see that he is unable to defend his four years of high taxes, massive deficits and scandal and corruption. Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives are tied these days in the national polls with the Liberals. In Quebec, though, the Conservatives are in a battle for second place with the Bloc Québécois. Andrew Scheer is hoping to add a few more seats to the 11 the party now holds in Quebec. Scheer will also be tested in the debate over his support for pipelines, his climate change plan, and his positions on abortion and LGBTQ rights. The Bloc Québécois and its leader, Yves-François Blanchet, are on the rebound in Quebec. He has perhaps the most at stake in the debate tonight, since he can only win seats in Quebec. He needs to pull nationalist supporters from the Conservatives and supporters on the left from the NDP and the Greens if he hopes to build on the bloc's 10 seats in the province. Expect him to push federal leaders to stay out of Quebec's debate over Bill 21 on religious symbols and to present the bloc as the only true defender of the rights of Quebecers in Ottawa. Danielle Bellin is the director of the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada, and he joins me from Montreal. Professor Bellin, it's good to speak with you again. Thanks for taking time to speak with me. Thanks for the invitation. Look, let, let's start with this, this incident in Montreal today with, with Jagmeet Singh, and uh, you've had a chance to hear it. He's, uh, he's, he meets this elderly gentleman who says, you know, uh, you should cut your turban off. You would look more Canadian. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. And this is, is this... Is this is is this now a a uh, a clear representation of the kind of challenges Jagmeet Singh faces, not not just in the province of Quebec, but maybe across the country, uh, and and that's what people a lot of people are going to see when they watch this debate tonight. Is the only leader on the stage with a turban will be Jagmeet Singh? Yes, I think it's uh, what happened this morning is a. Uh really a source of concern and you for for the NDP but I think it speaks volume about the fact that they you know a lot of Canadians in that case it was really an older gentleman who uh, who have uh, really struck they struggle with with diversity uh to say the least and um and I think that uh you know Jack Mitzing handled the situation very very well um, but but this is a this is certainly a challenge, an issue, and it it shows that in Canada we uh, we we have a lot of uh, a lot of work to do. I think in terms of uh, um, of really fighting uh, stereotypes and 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 really uh, fighting racism. And so um, I think this is we, we'll see how how this incident plays out. I think. Uh, among um, many voters, this actually might uh, might create more sympathy towards uh, uh, Mr. Singh because this is, uh, you know, uh, not a pleasant encounter, and and he handled it again uh, masterfully. So uh, we'll see what happens with with uh, with this. But it shows that there is uh, you have some Canadians who are um, uh, who are not comfortable with with this, and uh, and. You know that's that's their problem, <laughs> but but that that's certainly an issue in this campaign. Right. Uh, so how important is the, let's come come to this big debate tonight? How important is this debate tonight to the election battle in the province of Quebec? Yes, it's a very important debate for all the four leaders who will participate because uh, 
Elizabeth May is excluded, and, and so is Maxime Bernier. Um, so I think it's the leader who has the most to lose here is Justin Trudeau. Uh, the Liberals are still ahead in the polls in Quebec, but the bloc is uh, uh, doing better, especially uh, now ahead among uh, Francophone voters. So I think it's um, it would be important for Justin Trudeau to uh, to ask, to show that he can resist, uh, uh, um, he can he can really fight back against all these criticisms because he will be under attack by all the three other leaders. Yeah. Um, and we, we saw him. We saw him warming up today in the in the gymnasium and getting ready for uh, for the match tonight. But where, where do you think Justin Trudeau could be most vulnerable in a French language debate in the province of Quebec? What where do you think he'll face? the biggest threat? Well, I think that Jagmeet Singh and, and Mr. Blanchet, so the leader of the bloc, will attack him on the environment. And I think the environment is a key issue uh, in Quebec and elsewhere in Canada during this campaign. And we had this march in Montreal on Friday uh, with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So I think that uh, this will be a key issue. Uh, also, uh, Bill 21 and more generally the issue of the autonomy of Quebec within Canada um, in the context of the CAQ government in Quebec with uh, uh, ever-popular uh, Premier François Legault. Uh, I think that the bloc here this evening has a lot to gain. It's a test for them because they have been doing well in the polls, but they have not faced that much heat uh, from the other parties. So we'll see how the other leaders are attacking the bloc uh, um, tonight because they want to stop the bloc from uh, increasing its standing in the polls. And then for um, for Andrew Shear, I think it's um, it's an evening where he um, he will have to try to you know keep introducing himself to Quebecers and and try to to show that uh, he um, he cares about um, the issues Quebecers are passionate about. It's it's a bit of a, a challenge for him regarding the environment. I think he will be attacked regarding that issue uh, as well. And finally, for Jack Nitzing, the you know, the NDP is not doing well in the polls in Quebec, so the goal is to show uh, that he's really there to fight for these uh, 14 seats that the NDP right. uh, still has in the province. We, we know that you've touched on We know that Bill 21 will come up in the debate tonight, and, and federal leaders will be pressed by uh, the Bloc Québécois, I expect, to promise to stay out of Quebec's affairs. How could this influence uh, the voting in Quebec? Well, I think... I would say that the, 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 the Bloc Québécois uh, is probably the party that has the most to gain from this because they have aligned themselves with the Bloc as aligned itself with, uh, with François Legault. And because the bill is generally popular among Francophones uh, in the province, so um, that, that's probably uh, the, the party that is really trying to talk about this uh, uh, in a systematic way. The other parties don't really want to talk about Bill 21. Uh, that's the case for the Liberals or the NDP or the Conservatives. But the Bloc, they want to put this uh, issue front and center. And it's not so much about the policy considerations than about this idea that Quebec, uh, Quebecers have the right to enact the, the laws that they want and that the federal government should not intervene. Right. So, but it's really, it's really so, I, I guess in some ways it's really about uh, not so much what their position is now, right? It's, it's whether or not not whether they agree with it or not, because they've all come out and said they disagree with it, with Bill 21, but it's, it's what they would do as prime minister. And I, so far, Justin Trudeau is the only one who said, look, uh, I'm going to see how this plays out in the court. But he hasn't ruled out federal intervention 
in court action or, or, or a federal intervention of some kind down the road. So if that's the position he takes in the debate tonight and repeats that, one expects that he will, does that necessarily cost him votes in Quebec? Well, I think it, it depends how he articulates this position. And uh, when he says not for now, that he won't intervene now, does it mean only during the campaign or later on? So it could be a bit more specific about the time frame here. But it's true that he's the leader who probably will face the most direct attacks on, uh, from the bloc uh, in, um, in, in that area because he has a, a position that's, say, a bit more ambivalent than the position of the, the Conservative Party or even the NDP. So uh, I think Mr. Blanchet will, is likely to, uh, if he has the opportunity, to, uh, to press uh, Justin Trudeau on this issue of, you know, for the time being, what does it mean exactly? All right. Daniel Benin uh, from uh, the McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. Always appreciate your perspective. And uh, same today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for the invitation. So what debate strategies might we expect to see from the leaders tonight in the TVA debate? Let's bring in uh, three party commentators to talk about that. Susan Smith is a Liberal commentator. Ashton Arsenault is a Conservative commentator. And Farouk Karim is an NDP commentator. And Farouk, let me start with you. Uh, and this incident we saw today that a lot of people are talking about, Jagmeet Singh and this uh, elderly gentleman in the Atwater market in Montreal saying, you know, you should take off your turban, you'll look more Canadian. And the way Jagmeet Singh handled that. I mean... Is this a demonstration of, of the challenge he faces in, in the province of Quebec and maybe in other parts of the country, to be fair, but we saw it happen in the province of Quebec today. What, what yeah. does it mean? Certainly it's a challenge. It's been a challenge since he became leader. But uh, you, you're right to mention it's not only a Quebec issue. Those kinds of prejudices are across the country. But because of the prevalent debate in Quebec about religious symbols, so it comes up a lot there. I thought his reaction was awesome. A lot of, like, uh, I mean, his slogan is love and courage. He takes it in, positively moves on. He said the key line in this uh, interaction, there's, we can be Canadian as yeah. you want. There's as many Canadians as, as, as there are uh, people living in this uh, country, right? We're allowed so, to look the way we want in this country. Exactly, yeah. right? So I thought he demonstrated, again, another example of how he handles himself in face of prejudice. And uh, that's going to be a, a good point for him to, to highlight that in tonight's debate. Susan, what do you think? Yeah, I was, um, it was gut-wrenching to see that tape, this dinosaur of an old guy, uh, being so insulting to Mr. Singh. Um, I think he handled it with exceptional grace, uh, grace, as he's demonstrated that he's handled it with exceptional grace along the way. I think, you know, it, Bill 21 is going to be a discussion tonight. Yeah, it's right, something right out of the gate, apparently. It's baked in, you know, this kind of discrimination is baked into Quebec society at the moment from a legislative perspective, unless something's done. I would say, yeah, look, uh, what happened to Jagmeet Singh today is disgusting. Uh, it shouldn't happen to any single Canadian, let alone anybody else in the world, frankly. But Bill 21 is going to be a problem for Jagmeet Singh. We know that. We know that about two-thirds of Quebecers support that legislation. Speaking just personally, I don't think any of us have been strong enough in condemning that, particularly from a party leadership standpoint. And I look for leaders to pivot their language on that a little bit tonight, knowing full well that there are some electoral you, you, consequences baked into that. Mr. Shearer is going to be stronger on this tonight? I have no idea. We're all waiting to watch the debate just like you are, Peter. But I know... But he should be? From personal perspective, I would be, absolutely. Because I think both leaders have to uh, take a little bit more stock in how the rest of the country feels about this. If we allow this to slide in Quebec, 
Where's next? When does it stop? All right. Uh, the, the, key, the, the key interaction tonight on that issue on Bill 21 will be between Mr. Blanchet, the bloc leader, and Justin Trudeau, because Mr. Trudeau is leading in Quebec, uh, and among Francophone voters, the race is pretty tight. The bloc in some polls are ahead. And so that's going to be the key interaction. For Mr. Singh in Bill 21, I think it's kind of baked in uh, with Quebecers right now. So he has to put forward. Uh, his goal, I think, is to make sure that he can win a few seats, mainly in Montreal, and make sure he gets that done tonight. Yeah. Does that? So let's let's go there. Let's talk about the. You know, uh, what's the challenge for Justin Trudeau tonight? Because he probably goes in as the front runner, and he'll basically be a, sure. trying well, to fend, fend off a three-way attack, yeah, right? No, he's the prime minister, and that. And he's the guy that's. Him... It's he's the only guy with experience in debates. It's his second time and, around. No, but right? I think sure it's his only experience at the federal debate scene, Peter. I think that's a really important point, actually. All of these guys are leaders of their party. All of them are experienced politicians. All of them have done debates before. Not all of them have debated the prime minister. In fact, none of them debated the prime minister on no, television. No, but are taking off boxes of advantage. So, okay, yeah, but it's not. He, but they all speak well, French, though two yeah, are he, native French language right, speakers. Right. The others are he's not. He's got the language advantage. He's got the leadership advantage. He's got the debate advantage. You know, these guys didn't pop out of kindergarten to make their way onto the debate scene. So I think they will be fine. I think you have to put that into its box. Trudeau's challenge tonight is he's the prime minister. He's got to defend his record. And he, at the same time, has to explain his vision for the country and position the liberal vision as a vision that Quebecers want to embrace again going forward. That's tough. I think all of the other um, leaders will be trying to land knockout blows on Trudeau. I think Trudeau's objective is to walk out of their standing and make sure he's able to deflect whatever comes. I'm not sure he will land any knockout punches himself, right. but Actually, that's what's the his objective. What's, the, what's, the challenge, what's the challenge for Mr. Scheer? Well, thus far, uh, Mr. Scheer, uh, there's actually a big opportunity tonight. Uh, it's the TVA audience. Uh, they predominantly uh, have a viewership of outside of Montreal, Francophoners, Unilingual, uh, Francophones. A lot of the conservative vote is concentrated. Yeah, so he's going to need to speak to them directly tonight. What we do know is that there's going to be a lot of three, maybe even four uh, party races in a lot of these regions in and around Quebec City and in the surrounding suburbs. Andrew Scheer needs to present himself as both patient, prime ministerial, and show strong command of the French language. I know full well he's. But you know the attacks he's going to face. He's going to face. Look, you've got a climate change plan Quebecers don't want. You're offside on social issues in sure. Quebec, and you want to force a pipeline on Quebec if they don't want it. Sure. Uh, what does he have to? What does he have to say tonight to either allay those fears or convince? Quebecers that his position is the right position. Well, first of all, he's rightly going to point out that the Prime Minister has to defend a record that about two-thirds of Canadians don't agree with. But in terms of Andrew Scheer, he's got to stick to his plan and his talking points. He's actually had a very good rollout in Quebec. They've made a number of gains in and around Quebec City. The amount of resources that they're dropping into those surrounding areas is immense, and that's because they are seeing support grow on the ground. I think you're going to see some pickups there, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised about Tory performance at Quebec. What about for Jagmeet Singh? We've talked a little bit about the challenge he faces clearly, but what I mean, you know the narrative that he's, he's, he's got to find a way to save the furniture in Quebec, that 14 seats are going down the tank. Uh, what does he do? I think the main opponent for Mr. Singh is Mr. Trudeau. That's where he needs to peel off some vote. He has to appeal to Quebec progressives. Are you happy for the uh, of the four years of uh, Trudeau government? Did he realize everything you wanted when you voted for him in 2015? Uh, Mr. Singh has a lot of potential in second choices among voters. There's about one liberal voter out of four or five that are still on the fence, so those votes will be uh, essential to go and grab because with a few points like that, he can win a few seats in Quebec, and that's going to be the, the the main target for him, being the progressive 
check on Trudeau. Don't give the Liberals a blank check as you did in 2015. I think the person with the biggest challenge tonight, quite frankly, is Mr. Scheer, because he still has to deal with Max Bernier and the PPC, though Bernier's not on the stage. So there's that flank of the party that he's still got to try and hang on to. He's been trying to appeal to soft nationalists who might go block. Uh, so he's got he's got to try and walk that line, but at the same time not do anything that's going to jeopardize people who might be considering supporting him in the rest of the country. So I think he's got the toughest line. And what do you expect to see from from Mr. Blanchet? Mr. Blanchet is on the rise. He, uh, he has gained a few points since the beginning of the campaign in Quebec, and in Quebec there's going to be a lot of four even five-way races with uh, with uh, the Bernier, well. yeah. Green and Bernier, sometimes six. So. Uh, you, could, you, you would be able to win some seats with 27, 28, 31 percent. So any more percentage of points you can get among francophone voters is, is what he's after. He's going to hit Cher on the pipeline. He's going to hit Trudeau on, the, on Bill 21. And uh, I, don't, I think he's going to not get involved too much with Singh. It's mainly going to be Cher and Trudeau as his targets tonight for Mr. Blanchet. I think a lot of Canadians are going to be surprised at the performance of Yves Blanchet, if I'm being honest with you. On the, on the advice of a colleague... Uh, who You're always me. being honest with me. Look, I was told by a colleague, look, you have to look at how this guy sort of commands a stage and how he speaks and how good he is at oration, even though I don't really understand French all that well. Mm. My goodness, can he give a command performance? I understand why his numbers are going up. Uh, he is... Um, quite influential and frankly quite charismatic. I'll be interested to see how the other leaders put back at him tonight. All right, let's move very quickly. I think uh, beyond Quebec, we'll also be watching this debate tonight. Yes. Uh, there are francophones yeah. outside the province, and they're also, you know, the rest of Canadians will want to see the outs and what happened. Well, and they'll, a lot of the coverage in Canada will remind people again, CPAC tonight, 10 o'clock, you can watch it translated uh, with English translation. Um, it, it, you know, a, a lot of people might only see what people say about the debate, pundits and sure. so on, sure. and, and media reviews and all, all that sort of thing. But that can have an influence on what people start to pay attention to outside of the province of Quebec, right? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thank you all. Thanks, Thank Peter. You. Well, my next two guests will be paying close attention to the debate tonight. Manon Cornelier is an editorial writer with Le Devoir, and Catherine Levesque is a parliamentary correspondent with La Presse Canadienne. Good to see you both. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Let's, let's start by talking about the, the incident today with Jagmeet Singh and the, uh, the older gentleman who comes up to him and says, you know, you should think, take off your turban, you'll look more Canadian. Uh, what did you think when you saw that in the context of, you know, uh, immigration and Bill 21 will be one of the key issues in this debate tonight. So, Manon, what did you think when you saw this on this day, and what do you think it means? I think that it could have happen, happened elsewhere in Canada, but in Quebec, maybe people feel a bit more free to say so because people have recognized that it's an issue for mm. part of the population. So it, there's kind of a... It's not there as this inhibition to talk about it. People feel freer to come up and say, hey, exactly. think so of taking I off think your So I think it's term. a bit the reason why it came up. And even when the, the gentleman, the, when it ended up, the gentleman said, but I hope you win. I hope you win. So yeah. it's not that you have something against Mr. Scheer. It's uh, maybe a uh, misunderstanding of what his religious symbol uh, means and why he's wearing it. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think, Catherine, when you saw it? Well, first of all, I just want to say that he, he was speaking in English. Sometimes we'll think that only Francophones will uh, 
you know, talk about this, talk about his turban. But the exchange happened in English at the uh, when Mr. Singh was out. And what was interesting is that the man was very calm. He was like, it was like he was trying to help him. He thought he was giving. It sounded like yeah. he was trying to give him advice. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if exactly. You want to like win. Manon said, yeah. you know, he said, well, I, I hope you win. You know, I hope this this but works it's clear out this, for you. This is, yeah. this is the Jagmeet Singh experience, right? Yeah. He's talked about this before. It was unusual for us to actually yeah. be able to see it and hear it. And the way he handled it, yeah. which was to say, you know what, actually in Canada we're allowed to look the way we want to yeah. look, and I don't agree with you. Uh, do you think it plays a role in the debate tonight? It, I don't think this incident will play a role, but it's, it's clear that Mr. Singh, when they will discuss Bill 21, because we expect them to... Yeah. Uh, early on in the debate. Early on in the debate. Uh, I'm sure that he will raise his personal experience and uh, why we should not judge him on the way he looks, but on the, the idea he's uh, putting forward. That have been this main argument since the beginning, and I think it, it was also the argument in the advertising in Quebec, and I think it will be the same tonight. What do you think, uh, why is this debate important tonight? Well, because it will be the first time the leaders, well, the four main leaders uh, talk to together, and also the, the Fasa Fasa Tivia, which is literally face-to-face. -face. It's an interesting concept because they will be questioning each other, only in, in duos. So unlike the next debates uh, next week, which, where we'll see six people, well, people will be cutting each other off, they will actually have a real occasion to uh, actually ask each other questions and actually have a real debate. Also, it's it's going to be uh, only Quebec-oriented, Quebec-focused, so I think that will be definitely a milestone in the Quebec campaign. 78 seats at stake in the province of Quebec. Exactly. The polls show uh, Justin Trudeau uh, you know, leading by a significant margin, yeah. but when you break down the vote in Quebec, it's really interesting because yeah. there's a Francophone vote and there's some Anglophone vote, yeah. and, and it's sort of where the, the battles within the province are taking place. But I think it's fair to say that in, in in terms of the leaders in the debate tonight, Justin Trudeau goes in probably as uh, the front runner. Um, yeah. But what are the risks for him, Menno? The risk for him is that he, first he will be challenged by everybody, that's for sure. Uh, and this format of face to face uh, will. Uh, force everybody to personalize their attack to each other. They cannot have just a kind of broad right. attack to everybody. So Mr. Trudeau will be singularized in a sense, and uh, he will have to answer to really specific questions that will be addressed to him. And his uh, record uh, right now is defending it always against Mr. Scheer. But in Quebec, he has to deal with a resurgence of the Bloc Québécois mm. in the polls. Um, the, the NDP is not the threat it was at, uh, in the past. So he, he has a kind of a multiple uh, adversary there with different agenda. Right. And uh, also he will be really challenged, I think, by the Bloc Québécois on the different demands that the, the Legault government made. And a key one, again, will be a Bill 21, right? Bill to 21. Keep out uh, of it. Yeah. It's a Quebec issue. Exactly. And, and he, will he try to pin Justin Trudeau down tonight on the, the whole thing is about, uh, I mean, the federal leaders are largely saying the same thing on yeah. Bill 21, except Justin Trudeau is the one saying, look, uh, We'll stay out of it for now, for, for now, now. But you know, we'll we'll reserve the right later, yeah. perhaps, to get involved in a. And how does he have to handle that issue for a Quebec audience tonight? 
Um, well, he's probably hoping it's not going to come up, but it will, uh, as you said. And not only it's going to come up, but they're going to start with that theme uh, at tonight's debate. So Mr. Trudeau will probably be repeating the same thing he's been saying is that, look, I can't, it's not responsible for me to say that I won't ever uh, get involved in, in a court challenge because Ottawa might have to do that at some point. And also because he has to, uh, you know, he's always been the champion of diversity and inclusion and he has to put that that, uh, that message out as well as saying, look, we have to defend the Charter of Rights and Values. That's so what we're it, going to do. It, it, but at the same time, we have to realize that uh, in Quebec, uh, more than, there's a big, huge support in the Francophone yes. population for this bill. But still, in the last poll, Mr. Trudeau is still ahead a bit from the bloc with the Francophone uh, voters, which means that people Pretty tight, know, though, eh? I think yeah, it's, like, it's, tight, it's yeah, 28 for the Liberals, 27 for the Conservatives, and 26 for the Bloc. But it's it shows that people know where he, he stands. They, they're not surprised by his right. position. So he, he Well, that would be the challenge, right? That if he yeah. sticks to that, if he says something more than that... Yeah, uh, yeah. if he goes then, then then further, maybe, that's big then news. he will do damage to his what own... What about Andrew Scheer? Let's talk about Andrew Scheer. Uh, you know, again, the Conservative support is consolidated in some key parts yeah. of the province of yeah. Quebec. So Quebec, uh, what's the risk for for Andrew Scheer? I mean, what, you know... Uh, he, he's, he had, he's starting with some uh, baggage, in a sense, pipeline environment. In Quebec, this hurt him. And uh, I think it will, uh, he, he will be challenged on that uh, mm -hmm. by uh, Mr. Singh, by Mr. Trudeau, by everybody. And yes, he said that what we respect in Quebec jurisdiction, we are for a single income tax uh, return, you know. That doesn't, the weight of that compared doesn't to, match up to his position, to on his position of, the, of saying pipelines. if he has to do energies, he will impose it. That in Quebec is uh, it's a killer. Yeah. There's also very wide support in Quebec for abortion, so that issue might come up. Uh, you know, maybe sure. other leaders will. His position on social issues, uh, yeah, on abortion, social issues, LGBTQ marriage. rights. Yeah. Absolutely. So that might be a slippery slope for Mr. Shear. Uh, also, what we'll be looking out tonight is, um, I, I think yes, Justin Trudeau will be a target, but I think the Bloc leader will also be a target because. Yes. They've been gaining ground, and uh, the conservatives in the Bloc Québécois are fighting, over the fighting same for the same of votes out of, outside of Montreal, you know, in the francophone areas uh, of, of Quebec. So they will be, I think, you know, that will be a face-to-face uh, -to, -face to look out for if ever Mr. Scheer and Mr. Blanchette are yeah. talking Does together. this debate matter outside of Quebec? I think so, because... Uh, because in Montreal, the Liberals are, are solid, but when you go in Quebec City, it's the Conservative, but when you go in the region, it's the, the bloc is strong, and that's where the NDP and all the others can lose ground mm -hmm. if the, the bloc go up. And now in the polls, they are at a level where they're starting making gains. Uh, they can translate that into seats. So that's a pr the problem, and so you will see a, a lot of tight race outside of Montreal, mm -hmm. the big cities, and uh, that's, uh, and so it can have a big, an impact on having a majority or a minority or a small minority. Right, and, minority. or if somebody suddenly gains momentum yeah, in, exactly. a, in a debate in Quebec, the rest of the country might be paying attention. We saw that exactly. with Jack Layden uh, yes. in Absolutely. the NDP in 2011. There are political waves in Quebec. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, someone can have a very good debate, and from that, 
moment on, Quebecers will say, hey, you know, maybe I'll be paying more attention to this party or this party. So, uh, you know, let's say Mr. Singh has a very good debate tonight. Maybe, you know, people will be looking out for the NDP. Uh, you know, same thing for Mr. Scheer if he has a good debate. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's very volatile, and I think uh, it will definitely influence uh, the government. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And a reminder, the TVA FASA fast debate uh, with English translation tonight here on CPAC, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Now we'll shift our attention to the campaign in Ontario. CPAC's on the ground in 50 ridings across the country in this election. Ridings we think will help tell the story of the election issues and the election outcome. Tonight we focus on two ridings in Battleground, Ontario and why they are CPAC ridings to watch. King Vaughan, you are probably used to this. Crippling traffic congestion. It's part of the daily routine here. It's an issue Liberal incumbent Deb Schultz is hoping to resolve. The congestion that's coming from the uh, density of people is creating a lot of angst. The riding is accessible by three major highways, but that's still not enough. At 9 a.m. on any given weekday, the 400 highway is bumper to bumper from Vaughan to King City, a nearly 10-kilometer stretch. A lot of people do uh, move, like work downtown and live up here. Uh, we do have lots of jobs here, but there is a lot of movement downtown. Schultz says the arrival of the new subway station will help ease the load on the roads, but the next goal is to improve the GO train service. So the GO system is another big corridor that comes right through from Barry down. GO uh, got $595 million from the federal government to improve that line, uh, electrify it, uh, increase it so we could have 15-minute uh, turnaround uh, between trains, get more trains. So this is the kind of work that I've been really proud of, uh, improving that system because many, many people take the GO. Solving transit is one worry, but for some, there is another worry, that if they win, a plan proposed by the Conservative Party could make congestion even worse. Good morning, everyone. It's always a pleasure to be in the GTA. First, On I'd like September to thank 23rd, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer stopped in the riding, talking about solutions to make it easier for first-time home buyers, starting with loosening the Liberal stress test rules. That could add to the already booming housing sprawl in the area. We're going to uh, ensure that uh, the stress test does what it's supposed to do without the unintended, unintended negative consequences. For example, uh, in the last few years, the percentage of Canadians who are using unregulated private lenders uh, has gone from 6% to 10%. And that means that they're often paying much higher interest rates because they're unable to get mortgages through traditional banking sy systems. 
he's just trying to unravel the work that we've done and many of the things that we have brought forward have been applauded. In the case of the stress test, it was to cool the market and to try to make sure that people didn't get themselves so heavily leveraged. So his proposals would stimulate demand, uh, just like the Liberals' proposals would stimulate demand without stimulating supply, uh, which means that they put pressure on prices in most parts of the, uh, the country. Frank Clayton is a leading expert in urban and real estate economics. If they want to do something about the housing, it's not a demand issue, it's a supply issue. We need more housing of the types that people want. You know, bachelor, one bedroom, two bedrooms need to be available for people to be able to live and work in the same place. Anne Rainey, the Green candidate, is less than enthused about opening up more land for development. Development in this area generally means building on farmland and, and, near, and taking out wild spaces. There's enough land that can be built on, this has been said by many organizations, in Ontario, in around the GTA, that's not farmland and not precious wild space, uh, whether it's wetlands or forests, for us to densify and build. We wanted to hear local Conservative candidate Anna Roberts' thoughts on issues facing the riding, including housing. We caught up with her on the campaign trail, but she declined CPAC's invitation to do an interview, saying she was too busy to talk to us. King Vaughan is a mix of farmland and dense suburban areas. One of the communities in the riding is King Township, home to about 25,000 people. I didn't have to go quite as deep as I did, I don't think, but it... Bruce Craig is one of them. He is at the town hall, planting new seeds, trying to bring awareness to the climate crisis. I have a high level of concern. I, I, I'm recognizing that uh, the, the science and, and just countless experts around the world are saying that we, um, we're in the middle of climate change in a big way. Like many places across Canada, climate change is a big concern here. But there is one thing that sets King Township apart. It is one of a handful of municipalities that have declared a climate emergency, a way to draw attention to the crisis, and an action some residents hope will register with federal candidates. We are part of a global community in the world, and we know the impacts are taking place in a lot of other places in the world that don't have all the resources we have to help mitigate things. I do worry about it. I know it's a big issue, but I think we are going towards achieving uh, better awareness. And I'm going to vote on the environment issue. That's number one for me. It's unclear what will sway voters in this riding because it's so new. The boundaries were drawn in 2012, so it's only the second time constituents here will cast a vote. So it's growing at a lot faster rate than the rest of the province, which also means after the next uh, census, there'll probably be a redistribution of lines again. It makes it really difficult in these high um, population growth areas for predictability from previous electoral results because we don't really know who's living there now versus four years ago. And that could mean this election might be a real nail biter in this area. There are some predictions that this riding will be a conservative riding, but it's really uh, hard to tell definitively. I think that based on previous election results, it will be a, a close race. I don't think it will necessarily result in a blowout for one party over uh, the other. Anne Ranney is trying to squeeze into the Liberal-Conservative mix by flagging Canadians' growing personal debt. 
an issue that could be escalated by Shear's housing plan. Shear is pledging to allow first-time home buyers to take out 30-year mortgages, up from the current 25-year maximum. An interesting twist. The 25-year maximum is a policy that was put in place by the Conservative government under Harper in the first place. Today, uh, building on those previous steps, we are announcing adjustments to the rules for taxpayer-backed mortgage insurance. First, we will uh, reduce the maximum amortization period to 25 years from 30 years for new government-backed insured mortgages with loan-to-value ratios of more than 80%. I worry about the personal debt we have in Canada. I'm not sure that we've managed to come into our minds that not everyone can afford to buy their house right away. I worry about what that signals, that everyone has to have a house. I worry about the type of houses we're building. So we've got twice as big the house for half the size family than when I was a kid. So that's not sustainable. The pressure to own a home is weighing heavily on the minds of first and second time voters in King Vaughan. And they say that comes with consequences for their well-being. Hi, my name is Sara Lopez. I am 22 years old and this is my first time voting in the federal election. Hi, I'm Aidan D'Souza. I'm 20 years old. This is my first time voting in the federal election. Hi, my name is Maura Fishkin and I am 26 years old and it is my second time voting in the federal election. My mom always tells me this, that because they took off uh, rent control, um, it's really hard to even just get apartment nowadays. Yeah. So how, like, to afford a house is like near close to nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like right. you're gonna have to be with someone or live with other people just to yeah. be just having to make, your own like, home. Rent or, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like I don't think being an in independent, you'd be able to afford your own home. No, you gotta like share with yeah. someone. Or, yeah. Like, I know students that are telling me that they live in apartment, apartments, like basements, with five other uh, students. So, yeah. a house is, like, impossible. Yeah. Minimum wage, $14 an hour. Yeah. yeah. And then multitasking school yeah, at the same time. Exactly. Hurt the balance, mm -hmm. everything together, right? Yeah. And I think it also goes back to job security, because you're not having a stable job. How can you afford anything? Especially if the market, if it costs so much to own a house, yeah, right? Even with five people in the same house, if yeah. you don't have the stability of a job yeah. and it's all contract or part-time. So it gets exactly. scary and yeah. It is, it does. Yeah. it does, especially in our age. We're in our 20s. Yeah. And to be afraid to not be able to own a house. Yeah, that's kind of like a little job. scary. Like most candidates, Schultz's campaign schedule is hectic. It's really great to be here with all the members of council and the, and the principal. But unlike most, she recently ended her sixth round of chemotherapy. Schultz was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in April. I'm just through my cancer treatment and I'm really uh, pleased to be, uh, have that behind me. It's an experience that makes her party's promise for a national pharmacare plan a lot more personal. I just wanted to say I have also a son with some uh, very serious heart disease. He's, he's working as a, a full-time, part-time person, so he doesn't have a plan. He's 24. My coverage doesn't cover him. He's not a dependent anymore. So uh, here's my son having to pay a lot of his salary to try and cover his drugs. Obviously, I can help him, but I'm thinking of all the people in a similar or worse situation, and I feel very sad because we don't want people to be dying as a result of not being able to access the drugs that they need to stay alive. 
Well, I mean, this is a, a promise that liberals have made since I was a teenager, uh, and uh, you know they they had uh, wanted to, you know, had one of the ministers from Kathleen Wynne's failed government design uh, the proposal. Uh, Canadians know that this will cost billions and billions of dollars. None of his plans are costed. Uh, no details. He's clearly unable to explain to Canadians how he would implement any of these things. And so once again, Canadians cannot have confidence in uh, in what he's proposing. Pharmacare, there's different ways to do it. You know, if you do it right, you can really reduce costs, and that's, that's huge. It costs a lot to set it up, but once it's set up, it will cost Canadians less for their medicines all around, but also less in human cost. It's the right thing to do. I think we just have more political will than we've ever had before, but it's going to take tough work and a lot of, of cooperation, and that's why you don't see the, the details uh, as people are asking for details. You don't see all the details because those details need to be done in cooperation. I'm your conservative candidate. Ramona Singh is trying to spread the word. I just want to come let you know that elections happening right now. Let voters hear, know what she has to offer. We are doing even 20 hours we are working but still we cannot uh, affordable house. Everybody is feeling the same way. Affordability is a big issue so that's why we're providing a lot more tax benefits for families but I can't do that without your help. In her riding yeah, of Brampton absolutely. East, this conservative candidate is going door to door hoping to give voters the answers they want. The riding is a diverse riding. We have 122,000 constituents, uh, 70,000 voters. There's important things that my constituents talk to me about when I'm at the doors. Affordability is a big issue at the doors. Uh, Immigration is a big issue. And most importantly, community safety, guns, gangs, and crime. Brampton East, part of Canada's ninth biggest city, went red in 2015, along with the other four Brampton ridings. But this time, with a history of Conservative MPs and a current provincial NDP hold, it's a three-way race. Peel in general is uh, a swing riding. It is every election, provincially, federally. It's one of the places, it's a battleground. Graham Fisk is a reporter for the Brampton Guardian and Mississauga News. Couldn't really describe as a red or blue or orange area. It's very much up for grabs. When we look at the history in this particular area, the Liberals won about 50% of the vote. And the rest of the votes were shared relatively equally between the NDP and the Conservative. So if the Liberals do lose some of their votes, um, it's unclear where they will go. We've committed to building a brand new hospital in Brampton. NDP candidate Shuranjit Singh is hoping his party's provincial success will translate into a federal breakthrough. 
obviously the writing went liberal last time. What is the change, what is the difference this time that makes you think that NDP are gonna break through? One, just our progressive platform. We have a very bold platform. I'm not afraid to say it is bold. We're making big, big choices. Having a leader like Jagmeet who understands what Brampton needs. And our great slate, you know, I look at the other candidates, they're all, uh, they all have their own expertise, be it mortgage, healthcare, I'm a human rights lawyer. We go back. We do. We do go super back to like we undergrad. Do. We met across Vary Hall. Putting his weight behind the campaign, sometimes hours after the sun goes down, is the riding's provincial NDP representative, Guratan Singh. For him, politicking is a bit of a family tradition. He won his provincial seat after his brother Jagmeet left it to run for and win the leadership of the federal NDP. You see so much attention in Brampton because they know it's a, it's a community that if they don't see their, their uh, issues being put at the forefront, they will change their vote. And that's why we had this breakthrough provincially with the NDP in the last election. And that's because of the work that my brother did. And, and I'm very confident we're going to have a very similar breakthrough in the upcoming election here in Brampton. Liberal candidate Meninder Sidhu is getting into politics to be a voice for his neighbours. Brampton deserves more. We need more. And I want to be the voice of Brampton. I want to be able to, to bring more resources for our youth, professional development programs, mentorship opportunities, maybe even a startup hub, just something to get the youth more involved. Many residents are concerned about the mortgage stress test rules and the impact that they're having on owning a home. Former Liberal Raj Graywell won the seat in 2015, but left the party's caucus last December after revealing a gambling addiction. I want to apologize to my family, friends and supporters. I'm sorry to have disappointed you. Yes, sir. Sidhu was acclaimed as a Liberal candidate in July. Okay. What can I do? What can you do? You can, first of all, we can come on and vote. At the doors, we're hearing a lot of positivity, to be honest with you. Um, we're hitting the doors. There's so much support. I mean, at the beginning, I've never hit doors as a candidate, and I was, uh, you know, a little taken back by it. But when I started, it was just so much positivity that just drives you every day. Like, there's so much excitement. Fisk says it was a major issue at the time. But Graywell's indiscretions aren't likely to affect the Liberals' chances now. The truth is that compulsive gambling is a mental health disorder that I suffer from. I think people were disappointed, um, especially the way that it played out. Bit of a circus there for a little while. But again, I mean, it's just sort of faded into the background of the issues. And since he's not running this time, I don't think too many people are paying attention to him right now. But how the more recent Liberal scandal, Trudeau and Brown and Blackface, plays out here isn't as clear. We saw images of the Prime Minister in videos and pictures. I'd, I wouldn't even look at that as a political strategy. I wouldn't even want to entertain the idea that somebody should use it to gain political you know, gains within a community to get votes. Um, I think it's disturbing. I think it's insulting. And um, I was personally shocked. Yes, what he did was wrong, but it was also like a long time ago. And like he's done a lot of things for Canada, like for in terms of immigration, he allow lots of Syrian refugees to come in. He's done a lot for the LGBTQ community. It's been very hurtful for folks. I personally don't bring it up at the door because I don't want people to have to relive the pain that I had to relive when I saw that. You know, it reminded me of when I was younger, you know, especially post 9-11, being called Taliban, a terrorist, and a Paki. It's not things that I want to bring up to folks. Some of the stuff that was revealed last week in the media about the Prime Minister's history of racist uh, acts, might have an effect on uh, their Liberal candidate. If the Liberals do see a shift in their support in that riding because of their platform or because of people being upset, 
there is, I think, a pretty good chance that those people will move primarily to the NDP. First of all, it was wrong then, and it's wrong now. And Mr. Justin Trudeau apologized, and we accept his apologies. I'm still backing the Liberal Party. I don't think that controversy has done anything to sort of take my vote away. If you are going to hold him accountable, you don't have to vote Conservative. You can still vote like NDP or Green Party. In Brampton East, there is a large immigrant population with varying demands on immigration policies. When it comes to immigration policy, I believe it's important to streamline the process and also prioritize uh, people who are seeking uh, asylum, that they come from countries that are in war, um, you know, genocide, and we prioritize that process. But most importantly, make sure that we speak to the economic um, you know, needs of Canada first. And of course, as we bring in immigrants that have certain skill sets and professions back home, also be able to come up with a standardization so they can also practice here. And because we're immigrants, so we need to stick together mm -hmm. and work together for the benefit of Canada. Yeah, you know, it's a great country. We all came here Beautiful in search of a country. better life. So there's a lot of that struggle here. So people understand how difficult it can be for new Canadians, and they want to see them get services and support. For example, professional accreditation. Sharanjeet Singh came to Canada when he was a year old. He says he understands the plight of those who moved to Canada and are not able to use their skills. A lot of folks have the same st story as my parents. They came highly educated, highly skilled, but when they got here, the professional accreditations weren't accepted, and they had to work really hard labor jobs. You know, both my parents were teachers with years of experience, master's degrees, and they drove taxis and they worked in factories. So folks want to see a fair system, and they want to see a system that works for everybody. As Brampton continues to grow, its already scarce resources are being strained. Number one issue is the overcrowding population is over here. Uh, we need affordable houses here, you know, the cost of living is very expensive day by day in this Brampton area. The first uh, we need a hospital and we need a, a university here. Healthcare is uh, definitely a big one. Uh, there's only one hospital in Brampton. Uh, healthcare funding has been uh, a big uh, concern on council. Uh, Brampton has been known to sort of get a bit less funding uh, than other areas in the province, and that's been going on for a long time. It's really hard. I think there's probably a couple of doctors in all of Peel, and I mean, that I would recommend people go to. An advocate for the LGBTQ2IA community. Anu Radha Verma has seen how a lack of resources can make life difficult for an already marginalized community. I know I just had a conversation with somebody the other day who's a queer, well-educated South Asian person who says, I don't have a family doctor and I wouldn't feel safe going to a family doctor in Brampton because I don't know that they're going to understand my experience um, and I don't so therefore you're making choices around what kind of preventative health care you're, you're getting access to. This person said they, they, they've not had a physical. And that's not okay right now, you know. Verma's group began in 2016 and creates spaces for queer and trans, black, indigenous, and people of color communities in the region. Because the idea often is that queer and trans people don't exist in the suburbs, and we do. And when you're racialized, you're black, indigenous people, uh, person of color, and you're queer or trans, it can feel extra isolating to be here. Her message to candidates is come with a plan of action, not just a promise to consult, 
I think we need to disrupt the idea that it's going to be easy for them because I think that's what politicians look for. What's the one group, the loudest group that I can go to and they're going to give me the easy answers? And what we're trying to say as a grassroots group is let's disrupt this idea that it's going to be easy for you. Building actual queer and trans positive, welcoming, celebratory spaces is not going to be easy. Finding solutions to the riding's public safety issues is also tricky. Last year we kind of had our own little summer of the gun in Brampton um, and it sort of looked like as the summer had started that it was sort of, might have been a one-off. Um, but halfway through this summer, for whatever reason, the, the incidents of the shootings and there's been explosions and all kinds of different things have, have kind of cropped up and sort of brought it back to the forefront um, as, uh, as the election is uh, approaching. Ramona Singh says the police are doing their job but the Liberal government has been soft on crime, and people are getting scared. You can't just isolate Brampton East on its own. It is an anxiety everybody has because they are tuning in every morning to the news and hearing about the shootings that are happening, the break and enter. Actually, my constituents are going through break and enter problems. It is happening. There was actually a shooting um, and a murder just in this area where the police actually came into this office and looked at our uh, cameras. So it is a real problem even here. It's so scary to even like go out nowadays to like, you know, yeah. especially like in a, in like hometown that you've been living in for like. You never think about shooting when you think about no, Brampton. And like absolutely. It's a problem that Sadu also acknowledges. Crime is is an issue here in in Brampton. Um, the federal government did step up with $50 million worth of funding for guns and gangs, which is a great start. Of course, there's more to do. Um, you know, there's so many shootings in Toronto, and now we're hearing in Brampton, and I have my own two children here, my own family in Brampton, so it's a concern of mine too, and we are hearing at the doors. Sharon Jeet Singh, who supports a handgun ban, says the community is safe overall, but the root of crime needs to be addressed. There's socioeconomic factors which lead to crime. So we're about tackling poverty, creating job opportunities. So we've got to look at everything. We have to look at prevention. We also have to look at enforcement and make sure we're creating the, uh, you know, the environment in which we can ensure that crime doesn't happen. For CPAC, I'm Sherelle Evelyn in King Vaughan and Branton East. Hey, how are you?